What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squire. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, Tyler and I will talk about the latest news in regards to Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon's holdouts. We'll also discuss the news that rocked the NFL world on Saturday. Andrew Luck announcing his retirement, as well as making our predictions for the 2019-2020 NFL season. In the world of basketball, we are going to discuss Team USA's final roster for the 2019 FIBA World Cup and the Lakers ultimately signing Dwight Howard. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Good, man. Glad to start talking a little football. Yeah, man. Making we're... that full transition. Yeah, getting it uh, more consistent with the football talk. Uh, we're, we're back live on remote from Bikini Bottom. But uh, we're going to do this thing. So let's get right into it. The NFL, the two main big holdouts still going on. Yep. Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. Why don't we uh, start with the Chargers star running back? Uh, according to multiple sources, the holdout has gotten pretty ugly, and it's expected to roll over into the regular season. I know last week we were talking about uh, which one do we think has more of a chance to roll into the regular season, and I believe you said you thought it would be Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I thought I thought at that time it would be Melvin Gordon, but I think I've shifted a little more towards Zeke at this point. Well, uh, but it's looking worse and worse. Yeah, now, I mean, both might uh, roll into the regular season. It's looking more likely of that. But as far as Melvin goes, he has until week 10 before his season will not count as like a fully accrued season towards his career. Uh, Melvin's representatives have stayed firm on being open to a trade if something can't be worked out with the Chargers, but it doesn't look like the Chargers have changed their mind about not granting Melvin permission to speak with other teams. What do you what do you see happening with uh, Melvin Gordon and the Chargers? Do we see a deal in the future? I say they go they go all out, they get wild. I don't know the business end. I don't know if this is even possible, but. I say Houston just ships to Davion to to LA. And just Mel- straight up one and for Mel- one. And Melvin Gordon goes to Houston. And Houston goes all in with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. And Melvin and, Gordon. And, and and Melvin Gordon. And then Houston or uh, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers are all in with Bosa, Melvin Ingram, to Davion Clown. I mean that's a scary three to look down, uh, look opposite side of the line. That's yeah, as you tough. just catapult yourself into a a game changing defense. Well, I definitely think with the news that's far fetched. So, but. I mean, with the news of Lamar Miller tearing his ACL, I, 
I think people are starting to speculate that Houston could be in the market for a running back. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like you were saying, Houston has to deal with the Jadavian Clowney situation. Yes. And um, maybe he's more happy living in L.A. I mean, who wouldn't be more happy living in L.A.? And maybe Austin Eckler's enough. I, yeah, I mean, Austin Eckler yeah. uh, so, has been very solid this preseason, could, and he was good last, last season. I could see a trade for Melvin Gordon. Um, I could see him playing for the Chargers, though, this year. And I, Zeke, Zeke is a tough, that's a tough one to read. Well, before we get to Zeke, I think, I think the thing with Melvin Gordon and trading for, like trading the one for one, I'm not really sure if that'll work out as far as the money goes because Jadavion Clowney is such a senior player. Yeah, that's what I mean. I but think it does. I think Houston would Houston would have to deal to Jadavion Clowney first before trading for Melvin Gordon just to make the money work out for their cap reasons. And it was yeah, reported way trade in there. Well, I don't I don't know if there's ever been a three way trade in NFL in the NFL, but that'd be pretty cool. But it was reported yesterday that Jadavion Clowney met face to face with the Dolphins head coach Brian Flores and other members of the organization. So I think Houston is looking to get rid of Jadavion Clowney first before they make any other moves. Yep, makes sense. What do you what do you think of Jadavion Clowney to the Dolphins? Do you think that's a good fit? I mean it's a good fit for Jadavion. Uh, I don't think it's a good fit for anybody else in the league. The Dolphins aren't doing anything right now. I feel like they're kind of a... They don't need to be taking on those huge contracts. They need to be, like, developing, like, young talent. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if, like... It's just... Is he going to repeat and be the same with Dominican Sioux experience? You know, it just... It, it's a great place to play and sign as a player because you're living in Miami. Um... But I just don't think that's going to work out for the Dolphins. And he could be so much more dominating somewhere else. Yeah. And I think, obviously, Houston would love to keep Jadavion Clowney just because of the talent that he is. Now, Melvin Gordon puts me in a very interesting predicament, fantasy-wise. Because with the TSK Show League, he was one of my keepers. Good thing is he's healthy. Yeah. So when he does play, you'll be fine. But... That's if he plays. He's going to play. I hope so. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, on Thursday the 22nd, last week, it was reported that uh, reported by ESPN's Ed Werder that the Dallas Cowboys' latest contract offer to the running back would make him, that would basically make him the second highest paid running back in the entire NFL behind Ram star Todd Gurley. It's now Wednesday, August 28th, and Zeke still hasn't accepted this offer. Le'Veon Bell had to sit out the entire year last year to get the money he got, and now Zeke wouldn't have to miss a game at all, and he's being offered even more than Le'Veon got. Why hasn't Zeke signed? Uh, I don't think there's a good answer to that question. I don't think anybody knows what's going on. Um, if he's just trying to power play for money. He's or, for sure trying to power play. Yeah, but if it's just money-based, if he's not happy in Dallas, um, what he wants to do, I'm not really sure. But, I don't know, Jerry Jones, at the end of the day, I think he's got to throw in the money. And he's gonna. I think Jerry Jones is going to end up paying him. Do you think he's going to pay him more than what he's currently been offered? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to give him a wild deal, and he's going to be the highest paid running back in the game. That's insane. I don't know if I would give Zeke that money. 
I think Jerry Jones is going to do it because just how much he makes a franchise, you know what I mean? It's a big sell, a big name, popular player, and produces. And while you got that young core and you can do it, you got to do it. Yeah. No, I mean, it. but then in turn, with how much money Jerry would have to throw at Zeke, how does that affect Dak's contract? How does that affect Amari Cooper's contract? Uh, well, it, I don't know it's if you're. Showing, know, it's showing your priority list and where Zeke lies, and Zeke should be number one out of those three. You think so? Oh yeah, easy. Way, way more so than Dak and Amari. I think he's a much better, like, true talent than those guys. Interesting. Interesting. Honestly, Dak's number three in that list. Really? You would put Dak over or Amari Cooper over Dak? I would, because I think Amari Cooper can ball. Well, I've I, always been impressed with Amari Cooper, and uh, Dak, to me, has never... He, I know there's some stats that indicate that he's done some great things, but it's like there's something different between like him and like a Deshaun Watson. Oh, you that, know I, mean? I like would the put dynamic, Deshaun Watson very the, further the, ahead. Like, the much dynamic, further ahead. like, ability. I don't know. I just, Dak's just never been that impressive to me. Okay. All right. So... All right, it's, like I said, Wednesday, August 28th. Do we see Melvin Gordon and Zeke week one? It's looking less likely. It's looking less likely. I don't I don't think we will. I don't think we see either of them either. Yeah, I think it's going to be either one of those guys week one. Oh, man. I don't know what I'm going to do for our draft. I'm very concerned. Draft a running back. Oh, obviously, I have to. And definitely trying to get Austin Eckler. Yeah. I mean, before other people are looking. Now that we put it on the podcast, I don't think that you might try and steal him from me. I don't think that that's going to be a high priority for a lot of people. No, I could definitely get him pretty late. But, all right. Now, on Saturday at 6.28 p.m., Adam Schefter dropped a bomb that the entire NFL world was caught completely off guard by. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew Luck had informed the Colts that he was retiring from the NFL. I've seen this movie before. (laughs) So, I mean, everyone else was obviously in shock, but about 20 minutes after the initial reports came out from Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport gave some clarity to the situation and said that the Colts had known Andrew Luck had been mulling about, uh, mulling this idea about retiring for the last two weeks. Yeah. He was supposed to have a press conference on Sunday, but that timeline obviously got moved up with the reports now being public. Uh, and in his press conference on Saturday night, Luck said, quote, I've been stuck in this process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live. It's taken the joy out of this game. The only way forward for me is to remove myself from football. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think Andrew's situation is just pretty simple. Uh, people are understanding more and more that uh, football kills. It's not a safe game. It's a very violent sport. And the way that they're treating injuries is also probably unethical. And yeah. That's the that ties in with you know Calvin. I think that ties in with Patrick Willis. Gronk. Gronk. Um, those guys are aware of what's going on and they're getting out early. Yeah. And they're getting out on top of it. And getting injured over and over and over again 
your body is in so much pain all the time and you're on so much shit, so many drugs, so many rehab therapies, you know. I, I, uh, I'm not, I was surprised because I didn't see it coming, but I'm not surprised in retrospect. Yeah, obviously with, uh, with what he had to deal with, uh, just looking back over his entire six-year NFL career, he had to deal with two, like, torn cartilage and two ribs, a partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney, at least one concussion that is reported, and we all know football players like yeah, to hide concussions. Bullshit. It's way more than that. But. Yeah. So he also had to deal with a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder, and then obviously this mysterious calf ankle issue that ultimately led to the straw breaking. And we're sitting here now talking about how Andrew Luck is 29 years old. He turns 30 in a couple weeks, and he's now retiring from the NFL. And like like you were saying before, the unethical part of how these injuries are being handled, you hear all these stories from former players and what they had to go through, and you can just tell the doctors of these teams only have the team's interest in mind. They don't have the player's interest in mind. a lot of pressure on them, yeah. And it's it's really and it's not sad. Their fault. It's not the team doctor's fault. I mean, they're just trying to do their job. They're they're it's the NFL's fault for sure. And you know, that's just a whole. It's a huge issue. And Andrew Luck's just smart getting out on top of it. Yeah. Same with Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. So for for his six year career in the NFL, he had a total of eighty six games. He threw for 23,671 total passing yards. He threw 171 touchdowns and had a career completions percentage of 60.8%. Stats stats are always going to be there, but I've said, you know, since I watched uh, the combine and the draft process in those couple years of college, he's the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen. My entire life, Andrew Luck. That's how that's how I'll remember him, as of right now in my life. I have never seen a better NFL quarterback prospect coming out of college. Yeah, and I mean, what he did last year for that Colts team, the way they started out, him coming back and then leading them to the playoffs, and him winning Comeback Player of the Year, it's. I mean, just the talent that he had and for him to to retire at such a young age. I mean, I hope he finds the peace that he's looking for with this decision. Well, in about two years, (laughs) he'll feel better than he ever had before in his life. Yeah. Now, to kind of give some perspective of some other players that have walked away from the game early in football, legendary Jim Brown retired at 29, Gronk, this this offseason, this same offseason, retires at 29. Calvin Johnson walked away at 30. Barry Sanders retired at 31. A video came out yesterday of Gronk, uh, and I thought it was really powerful, and I, I retweeted it and said that anyone who doesn't understand why Andrew Luck retired should watch why Gronk retired, and then you'll understand. And what Gronk said was, quote, I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down, and I didn't like it, and I was losing the joy in life. 
Understandable. What What does it mean that we have now seen two of the biggest stars in the NFL in the same offseason, no less, retire from the league at basically the peaks of their careers because they couldn't stand the recovery process any longer and it just, the mental and physical toll that it is taking on their body it's it, just it a, took away it's the just love a of the product game. of the evolution of the game. I mean, the game's getting faster, more physical, and more dangerous, and we're being more educated about it. And that's this is the aftermath of that. You know, this is the effect of that cause. Yeah, and I mean, both Gronk and Andrew Luck had been through countless injuries in their career. They're also smart guys. Yeah. So they're not just tough guying it out. You know, there's some guys that'll keep trying and they'll go through it. It's commendable, but that's not Gronk. That's not Andrew. Yeah. Now, Luck is walking away from potentially earning $58.1 million in future earnings, according to the Action Network. And then it's reported that the Colts could have taken back all $24.8 million that was left on his contract, but the team has agreed to let Luck keep all that money. So obviously that's a, a sign of good faith from the Colts and Jim Irsay to Andrew Luck for his six years of service to the team and everything that he did from. And that's an if you change your mind <laughs> policy. Well, I mean, listen, there is a conspiracy floating out around there. And, I mean, if it comes true, it's just too good to be true. Andrew Luck's father is the CEO and commissioner of the XFL, and the XFL is set to start in 2020. What if Andrew Luck just takes the year off, gets 100% healthy, and then comes back as a starting quarterback of an XFL franchise, is the face of the league? I mean, this has got Vince McMahon and the WWE written all over it. I don't think he... I don't think... I just don't think that that's possible. No, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but it's being floated out there. Yeah, understandable. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think anyone saying that Andrew Luck is soft or Gronk is soft, they're just playing wrong. No no one's saying that. I I mean, listen, those fans were booing Andrew when they found out and he was walking off the field. I think... Those people are idiots. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely a bad look for them. But, I mean, listen... Football takes a toll on your body more than any other sport. Uh, it has the ability to take away future opportunities in life. And that's the reason they decided to walk away. They didn't want to miss out on their futures with their families and loved ones around them. And I can never fault someone for making a selfish decision like that. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is one's happiness. And like I said before, I hope Andrew Luck and I hope Rob, Rob Gronkowski find the peace that they're looking for with the decisions that they've made. And... I think this goes without saying they're both going to go down as two of the greats to ever play the position that they did, even though they were in the league for such a short amount of time. No, definitely. I mean, they're both Hall of Famers. I mean, I'm, I mean, listen, I'm totally okay with Andrew Luck going in the Hall of Fame. I know Rob Gronkowski has a lot easier shot of getting into the Hall of Fame with the rings. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, hey, we'll see. But, I mean... Incredible careers by both. But now to look to the future, let's uh, let's make some predictions. Yep, I love this shit. This is my favorite part. We're uh, we're about two weeks out from the start of the regular season, 
So we thought we would uh, get our predictions on paper, on yeah. wax. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, let's just start with the awards. Uh, we'll just go straight down the list. Who do you got for MVP this year? Start with the big dog. Um, I got my man Drew Brees. Oh, okay. I like uh, it. Why I'm going with Drew Brees is I think they move into, you know, getting rid of Ingram, where now Kamara and Michael Thomas are truly the only option, you know, the main yeah. running uh, passing threat. Then I just think Drew Brees is so smart that everybody else is going to be so wide open. I mean, those two guys are going to are going to take up so much attention and produce yeah. so much that Drew's going to be smart to get it to everybody else. It's just going to be wide open. So I look for Drew Brees to have like a seventy percent passer completion rating, and I look for those guys to win like twelve games. Yeah, listen, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. I mean, especially coming off having Kamara the- be a three down back now. And Michael yeah. Thomas be the lone number one. Having those roles carved out and each player knowing that now, they're the number one option. Everybody else is so much better. Yeah, it, it raises everybody's level one notch. And I mean, listen, coming into this season with the bad taste in the mouth in their mouth that they have, I could definitely see Drew Brees having a big season. I could definitely see them being in the same position they were in last season, finding themselves in the postseason with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. But my pick for MVP this year is uh, Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. Back to back. Yeah, man. I think he's just going to take that next step that everybody is looking at him to to take. I think we saw that spark last year with the season that he had. And I I don't think it's going to be a flash in the pan. Yeah, this is year three. So it feels more like a year two, but this is actually year three for his development. Yeah. So he's going to take another step, and he's a magical guy. He's he's uh, he's going to make shit happen. Yeah, and even with losing a player like Kareem Hunt, he still has Tyree Kill. He still has Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's a big one. He makes it all go around. Tyree Kill is a game changer. Yeah. You know, uh, he can win a game by himself. But we'll see what happens with him. All right. Offensive player of the year, who do you got? Saquon Barkley. So do I. I think Saquon's going to have a... 2,000-plus yards from scrimmage. He's the next and, big thing. And just, yeah, he's the uh, he's the most talented guy when it comes to skill players. Yeah. All right. Defensive player of the year? Got Khalil Mack. I got to go back to back to back, baby. Aaron Donald. I got Khalil Mack. I think it's the changes they made in Chicago, uh, making that defense elite, and then, you know, keeping everything together, rolling with the same quarterback. You know, getting some camaraderie going, chemistry building. Uh, the Chicago defense is going to be a problem this year, and so I look for him to get another uh, another another shot at a defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, listen, Aaron Donald. He's, I think, arguably the best player in the NFL. Period. Um, I don't buy that kind of shit. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I get where this high praise is. He's a monster, dude. If you're a front seven lineman guy, I'm not. I'm not hating, it's just, you're not, you know what I mean? And just think that people can affect the, he's not the best football player in the world. We'll see, we'll see. I can't wait till he proves me wrong. No, I mean, he's he's great. He's, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not not deserving or anything like that. I just don't think he's the best football player in the NFL. I don't think a D-line can be that. 
I just don't think that you have enough control. Like, you don't have a big enough handprint on the game. The other team, you want to know what, Aaron, you know how I stop Aaron Donald every single time. So you can stop Aaron Donald 100% of the time if you fucking run the football and you control the clock. So then it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's not a out? diss. It's not a diss on Aaron Donald. No, he's uh, no, he's just he's not on the field. You know, keep him off the field. We'll see. All right, who do you got for offensive rookie of the year? Kyler Murray. So do I. I think with offensive rookie of the year, it's so hard for offensive rookies to get first team reps, and when you're a quarterback, it's easy to compile a lot of stats. And especially with his position uh, and situation in Arizona, he is the number one quarterback, so he is going to be the day one starter and get all of those stats. I think he's just going to walk away with it. Larry Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson are big, big pieces of why I think he's going to do it. I yeah, think that's he's going to I think he's gonna end up playing a whole year. They'll win like six games, and he'll drop some good stats. Okay. Who do you got for defensive rookie of the year? Nick Bosa. Okay. I know it's the I know it's the top two picks, but uh, Kyler Murray to me is going to win it because he's in a perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, I'm picking because I just think he's the best player on the defensive side of the football. Okay, I got Devin Bush of the Steelers. It's it's uh, which is a great pick. Yeah, he's he's a stud, and being in that Steeler defense. I, you look at T.J. Watt and what he was able to do as a, as a young player, I think he's Devin Bush is going to be able to find those spots where he's going to make those plays, and uh-huh. he, he's going to be an integral part of that defense for a long time, I think, along yeah. with T.J. Watt. And he's in a great locker room. Yeah, exactly. J- yeah. Just that atmosphere that he's no, going to be around. Pick. Yeah, great pick. Yeah. All right, who do you got for comeback player of the year? Uh, going with my man Earl Thomas. Um, and this would just, you know – this is something that I feel good that can actually happen and that I want to happen. It's uh, a nice story. I would love to see him go and just dominate in the Ravens' uh, historic defense. So, um, and he plays in the AFC, so it's it's all good. It's all love. Yeah. Um, I got nothing but love for Earl Thomas. I, in fact, am on his side with his breakup with Seattle. Um, but I just hope to see him thrive in Baltimore. Yeah. And just be another one of those great defensive players to play for Baltimore. Yeah, just etch his name yep. uh, along with the greats like Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, T. Sizzle, Terrell Suggs. Yep, yep, it's a massive list. <laughs> All right, for me, I got Le'Veon Bell. I think he's just going to come back and do what he does. Le'Veon Bell is, is extremely dangerous because he's healthy. He didn't. He took a whole year off. Um not only comeback player of the year, he's like offensive player of the year potential. He could. I mean, you know, he he truly is that special. And he's going to make Sam Darnold's uh, career so much easier. Yeah, oh, I mean, what he's going to so do for good pick. what he's going to do for Sam Darnold, it's just going to make his life so much easier. All right, last one. Coach? Yep. Yeah. Sean got? Payton. Sean Payton, okay. For the same kind of reasons. Uh... As Drew Brees is, I just think that the dynamic of of, of defenses having to guard Kamara and Thomas uh, all three downs, it's the production they're going to get out of everybody else. That Drew Brees is going to include all these wide open pieces 
because those other two demand so much attention, the Saints are going to be dangerous this year. And in the regular season, they're going to be pushing 12, 13 games. And I think um, when you're up there as the most wins in the regular season, you're, you're up there for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think when it comes to Coach of the Year, it's usually either most wins or like best story. And it's like the guy that scrapped his way into the playoffs with nothing. Right, exactly. So I think for me, and I don't think it's going to be scrapped in the, into the playoffs with nothing. I think it's just going to be scrapped into the playoffs with this franchise's history. My coach of the year pick is Freddie Kitchens with the Browns. Yeah. I think that's an obvious pick. I think that's Yeah, a, that's it is, pick. but... Because if he makes it to the playoffs, it doesn't matter what seed one through six. Exactly. He probably wins that award. Yeah. And... So with that, why don't we uh, quickly get into our division winners, and then we'll uh, quickly pick, uh, make our early Super Bowl picks. Let's fucking roll. <laughs> All right, so who do you got for the AFC East? Philly. The AFC East. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. Uh, the same <laughs> team that always We can start in the NFC. No, 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 for, no, that's just my bad. I was ready to go. I actually had thought about the... I was talking about the NFC East not, not that long ago at work. Uh, AFC East is the uh, kind of the obvious yeah, one. Yeah, that's why I figured we'd start there. Um, yeah, so we can go with New England. Yeah, Hold on. both got New England. Uh, the AFC North. The, the AFC North, that one's going to be more competitive uh, because the Browns are obviously yeah. the wild card. But I still think the Steelers got that one. So Yeah, I, th- I think still at the end of the day it is the Steelers' division. I'm excited for the Steelers. It's, I'm a big James Washington fan, and I'm so glad that he's like showing out because I just knew I knew AB leaves, Juju steps up, James Washington steps up. Yeah, and he, the show goes on. Exactly. It's that. It's funny how the Steelers have kind of had that uh, wide receiver progression over the years, similar to like how the the Patriots or not the Patriots, the Colts had that wide receiver progression with. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, The Steelers have, no, Steelers, I think, surpassed the Colts by 10 miles. I, I think, think just because of the amount of receivers. Yeah, but yeah it's, I, it's, it's like, very similar. That's an insane run of number one receivers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, all pun intended, it is going to be a dogfight, though, the AFC North this year. Yeah, and the Ravens are good. Um, but, you know, the Bengals, I think, are going to be a bottom five team. Wouldn't shock um, me, especially with AJ Green going down. But the Ravens are going to be in the, this. This is a crimey division. That's how it goes. Yeah. Ravens are going to be in the mix. Steelers are my favorite, and the Browns are coming. Yeah. All right. The AFC South. This division is uh, like it got completely shaken up this weekend. Obviously, with well, the I, luck news. I still think I would take Houston, even with luck. I was. I was. I mean, if you were to ask me Friday, who would be the AFC South winner, I was going with Indy. They were a dark horse Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean, with what they did last year, the the steps they were taking. But I got Houston over Jacksonville. I completely agree. I got Houston winning the division as well. Uh, who do you got in the AFC West? The, we got, okay, sorry. Denver, yep. we got Denver, we got Los Angeles. Oh, oh Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City is the, the answer. Yeah. Yeah. My, my MVP pick, Patrick Mahomes, obviously he's got to win the division. I got the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, for the wild card, I have the Chargers and the Browns in the AFC. 
the char- the the Browns. Uh, I got to go with the Browns, and then um, yeah, you're right. Probably, I mean, the Chargers are Chargers all, could win twelve games but, this year. Man, the AFC North is just is dangerous. Yeah, and Jacksonville is dangerous. Jacksonville can bounce back. It all depends on their quarterback situation. Yeah. Because I mean, Nick Foles ain't bad. Nick Foles ain't bad, but we I'm all know what happens to quarterbacks in Jack- Jacksonville. They won what thirteen games with Blake Bortles. I think they can get it down with, with Foles. We'll see. All right. So the NFC East, you obviously have the Eagles. You were yeah. so eager to say it. Yeah, I do. I think <laughs> that there's too much going on in Dallas. I also have the Eagles. I don't think the Giants have enough talent, and I, uh, I think the Redskins are another one of those. Uh, they're flirting with the bottom five. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I have the Eagles as well. Uh, like you said, too much going on in Dallas. Who knows what's going on in Washington? Dallas could win the NFC though. That's the kind of crazy shit that goes on. In Dallas. Well, yeah, if Zeke comes if Zeke back and shows up, Amari and Dak are out there with that offensive line. They've got a couple good young defensive players in Vanderish and Jalen Smith. They could do some damage. But let's also remember that their head coach is Jason Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> All right, the NFC North, who you got? I got to go with Green Bay. I got Minnesota. Yeah, and, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, see, I see Minnesota as, like, this might be the year where they realize they lost their window. Well, I think if they don't win the division this year, their window is definitely I think closed. Chicago, I think Chicago is a bigger threat than Minnesota. Okay. Okay. All right. I think Chicago flirts with the wild card. Okay, that's I think Minnesota's out of it. They're done. They're done? Their window's closed? I think Kirk Cousins is going to fold. Even though I like Kirk, I just, I think. Adam Thielen and Stephen Stephen Diggs are for real, though. Always thought they were overrated. They're for real. I don't care what you say. I'm going back to my hate on them. (laughs) All right. Obviously, the NFC South, you have the Saints. Yep. I also Which have, I just, yeah. I also have the Saints. So yeah, I mean Carolina is going to be flirting with the wild card as well. Atlanta is going to be flirting with the wild card. So that division, like the AFC North, is one of those. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of talent. In, yeah. Uh, in that division. All right. Our and division. The jewel, the Our NFL, division. The West. Uh, yeah, you got to go with the Hawks, man. Damn it. I just, I just feel like the Hawks are. It's the same buzz and the same vibe as it was when all when the Legion Boom was young before anybody knew who they were. We had a bunch of we had a new coach, we had a bunch of young young players, a, a ton of competition, changing changing personnel, and I think we're back to that. But we have Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson, yeah. So it's like we have two guys to lead huddles and just keep doing what the Seahawks do for sure. And so I like the Seahawks, but uh, obviously the Rams are going to be my my two uh, my two wild cards are easy in the NFC, but they're also Super Bowl contenders, <laughs> and that's Rams Cowboys. Okay, all right. Well, I obviously have the Rams winning the West. I think Jared Goff is going to make another step of progression like he did last year. Uh, obviously, there's question marks with Todd Gurley's knee, but if he is healthy, he is the best running back in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, we re-signed Dante Fowler after trading for him last year. Uh, even though we lost on Donovan Sue, we still obviously have Aaron Donald back-to-back defensive player of the year. We signed Eric Weddle in the offseason. 
Still have Aqib Talib. Still have Marcus Peters. Lots of names. Yeah. Listen, I think... Listen, we went to the Super Bowl. We got a taste of what it meant to be there. There's no more of this no experience shit. Yeah. They got the experience they needed. Now it's time to put up or shut up. Uh, My wild card, though, for the NFC is the Cowboys and the Falcons. Terrible. (laughs) All right. Who do you got for the Super Bowl? Early, early prediction. Yeah, I know. It's tough because in my heart, it's always Seattle, New England. You want that rematch so bad. I think New England is, uh, I think New England is for sure coming out of the AFC. But the NFC is, is going to be really tough this year to come out of. But uh, if someone was like, you got to bet on someone other than the Seahawks, I got to go to the Saints. Okay. My Super Bowl prediction right now. So Saints-Patriots. Patriots over the Saints. Okay. My Super Bowl prediction is a rematch of the best game of the year last year. Rams versus Chiefs. It'd be a great Super Bowl. I, and yeah. it should have been the Super Bowl, to it, be honest with you. Last I mean, year, yeah. I love to see Brady ho- hoist the trophy, but uh, I hate seeing that. I just think that the people would have loved. I mean, me too. I lost the Super Bowl to him as well, but. Uh, <laughs> But I think the people would have loved to watch that game. That game. Yeah. I think that would have been... If it's set up for failure because living up to those kind of expectations, but I think it would have done it. Well, listen, I mean, talk about living up to those expectations. The Rams were the highest-powered offense last year, and they only put up three points in the Super Bowl. Oof. Yeah. Bad look. All right. But all right. Enough pigskin. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, let's get to the hardwood. A little basketball talk for you to end the show. We got the final roster for Team USA finally. Yeah, and let's, let's hear it. After a long summer of people withdrawing, we are set on Harrison Barnes, Jalen Brown, Joe Harris, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Mason Plumley, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Miles Turner, Kemba Walker, and Derek White. All four Celtics made the team. The lone Spur made the team. Mason Plumley made the team, and Kyle Kuzma was the last player to leave the team. It was announced before the final exhibition game that Kuzma had suffered an ankle injury that would rule him out for the FIBA World Cup, and so it was set in stone. The roster of 12. Who are, who are, the, who are the centers? Mason Plumley, Brooke Lopez, and Miles, Miles Turner. See, so first off, two things about this roster. Two things. This is the worst USA roster I've seen in a while, but it is FIBA, so I won't judge it like an Olympic roster. Yeah, no, this is definitely not an Olympic two, roster. Number two, I gotta get. I gotta go. Kemba, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Miles Turner. That's your starting five. That's my starting five. See, I liked. I liked the starting five that I saw against Spain and Anaheim. It was. Chris Middleton, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Kemba Walker, Harrison Barnes, and then it was Mason Plumley. But I would subtract Mason Plumley and put in Miles Turner. So Barnes instead of Tatum. Yes, I think Tatum was arguably the best player on the team. I would go Barnes. He has not looked good. I would go Barnes and Tatum. Interesting, but I mean, shout out to Joe Harris, a <laughs> uh, small school kid from uh, from Eastern Washington. On the Phoebe USA team, get that Michael Red rule. 
go get some buckets. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to get a, a lot of opportunities to shoot. So, I mean, listen, I still think... They're they, not bringing home the gold. They're not? You don't no. think that... <sighs> no. That's my final conclusion. I mean, listen, they did lose to Australia, and it was the first time in nearly 13 years that Team USA lost. D- Donovan Mitchell got to pop off. He's got to be like, I'm getting 40 tonight. Every fucking game. Kemba needs to be like, I'm getting 50 every game. <laughs> They're fucked. <laughs> I don't... I, listen, I mean, listen, I definitely think with Kuz not being on the team, bigger, it, it hurts their chances. Chris Middleton and Barnes, I love them, but fuck, dude. We cannot have those guys being the integral parts that we're leaning on. I don't know, man. It's going to be tough, but I think as far as Kuz goes... I really don't think there's a real ankle injury. I think it was just a way to kind of save face on him kind of being quote-unquote the last cut. Don't want to be – he doesn't want to be part of this shit. <laughs> I I kind of don't blame him. But I think overall the experience for him getting to spend that much time with Team USA, has, like it's going to be very beneficial for him and what he's going to do this season. But – I'm also glad that he's going to have a little bit more time to come back to L.A. and get ready for the season. Yeah, for sure. And, hey, listen, the only game Kuz didn't play for Team USA this summer, they lost. There it is. All right. Dwight Howard. Coming to the Lakers. Yep. I was against it the entire time. Uh, We talked about it last week a little bit when there were reports that they were going to talk to him and all of that. (laughs) I told you. (laughs) Yeah, Tyler said it's going to happen, and it did. But there's some good news that comes along with him coming to the Lakers, and I know that might be a surprise to some. But Dwight Howard's contract is not guaranteed. He had several meetings with the Lakers, and the team made it known to him that while they're going to give him a chance to show he's made changes to his conduct and how he handles himself, if he can't show the team that he's done the things to make changes about himself, he'll be cut in a heartbeat. Uh, Apparently, multiple Lakers players were involved in these meetings. I can only assume that means LeBron and Anthony Davis were a part of it. Uh, There were reports of JaVale McGee also being uh, a part of these meetings because, obviously, Dwight Howard coming to the Lakers impacts JaVale McGee's minutes. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting was what Bobby Marks of ESPN reported on Monday – and it kind of breaks down what Dwight Howard's contract really is and what it means for the Lakers and the implications it would have if he were to get cut. So Dwight Howard's contract, according to Bobby Marks, is what's called a summer contract because it has zero, uh, like zero dollars salary protection. It's comparable to the Anthony Bennett deal in Houston that he currently has in Basically, Anthony Bennett is trying out for Houston and trying to make a comeback in the league. And Dwight Howard's basically trying to save his career. Now, Howard will earn $14,490 for every day he is on the roster. And that per day clock starts on October 21st. Now, the Lakers are likely going to insert an Exhibit 9 clause in his contract. And that means the team will have protections if he gets hurt in training camp before he even 
makes it to the regular season. And that means the Lakers would only be on the hook to pay Dwight Howard $6,000. That ain't shit for the Lakers. So with all these stipulations surrounding his contract, it seems like the team is doing a very good job and really doing everything they can to protect themselves from basically when this eventually blows up in their face. Now, Dwight Howard is on his fifth team in in five years. This is his second stint with the Lakers, and many fans aren't happy about it. Like I said, I wasn't happy about it when the reports initially came out. Then I was pissed when the signing actually happened, but after seeing all these protections, it's not as detrimental as I think the last time Dwight Howard was on the team, if he were to not work out with the team and this all end badly. But it's clearly the end of the road for Dwight if he gets cut from the Lakers. It's it's pretty crazy to see this, this fall from grace for a three-time defensive player of the year and arguably a Hall of Fame talent. Uh, I mean, that, I think this is a, a win-win for both parties. Dwight needs the opportunity to show that he can be a, a pro player still, and the Lakers need a backup center. So uh, I just think it's a win-win for both parties. It, it's as simple as that. Dwight Howard needs the Lakers. He needs to perform. Or like you said, it's over. Yeah. And if he gets production for the Lakers, they look like a genius. Yeah, because if it works out, I mean, he averaged like, I want to say 17 and 12 last year. If he yeah, puts up, that, yeah. If he puts that up this year, I mean, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I, he's I not, wouldn't expect much from him. I'm not expecting but anything if from he him. Can, if he can come off the bench, I mean, I think him being a starter is a little far-fetched right now, but if he can come off the bench and be productive, I think it was a smart move. No, I think JaVale McGee has earned his starting spot after the way he played last season. Yeah. But I think if Dwight's going to play 15 minutes and we can get 10 and 10 out of him, I think he can get 10 and 10 in 15 minutes. Yeah. And here's the thing. He he shouldn't be so worried about trying to make people happy. He just needs to produce. Forget all the extra shit. Just Well, if he does that, then he'll be productive and the Lakers will look smart. Yeah. It's a, it's a win-win. Yeah. I'm... I don't know. Even with all the protections and everything I was just talking about, it's I'm just still so wary of it. It's just crazy. I mean, but this is the day and age we live in. This is what happens. Rondo is a point guard. Yeah. LeBron plays for the Lakers. Thank God. And I can't believe I would ever say that. But but that's what I mean. Just crazy shit happens. That that's it's not the olden days. Yeah. I mean, listen. At the end of the day. They still have LeBron James. They still have Anthony Davis. Kyle Kuzma is hopefully going to take that next step. They've surrounded the team, the LeBron, LeBron with the shooters he supposedly needs. And, I mean, with this new coaching staff, we'll, we'll see how that works out with uh, Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd. But, I don't know, man. I Swallow the pill, Sklar. It's over. But do you think Dwight makes it to Christmas? Yep. Okay. I do. Okay. Well, listen, I mean, I still got faith in the Lakers. I still think they're going to make a run at a championship this year no matter what. 
and I am I am hoping for the best with Dwight because I do want it to work out just because I I know that will mean the Lakers are going to be successful. So I guess we just got to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. But all right, uh, you got a shout out before we get out of here. We got a quick episode this week. Oh man, Carly Lloyd. That's where I'm going to go. Okay, I like it. I'm ready for this. I want to see this. I want to see this progress into something. Dude, she uh, hit a bomb. It's a perfect time. We got that girl. Uh, oh, fuck it. Damn it. I forgot her name. Um, that's playing college football as a skilled position player. Oh, I didn't She's even know about this. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Division One AA, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Her name's Tanya, but I, don't, I can't remember. The last name's escaping me, but... Um, yeah, it would just be cool to see that happen. I mean, it would be a big step for the NFL to uh, make something like that because I think she clearly has a physical capability. So, shout out to her for starting that combo. Yeah. I mean, listen, she hit a bomb from 55 yards, and she said she actually got some calls from some teams to see if she'd actually be interested in uh, doing some place kicking for them. So we'll see if anything comes of that. But I'm going to shout out Lisa Leslie for winning the Big Three Coach of the Year after leading her team, the Triplets, along with Big Three MVP Joe Johnson to the Big Big Three Championship. Uh, That's going to be played on Sunday here in Los Angeles. The Triplets are going to go against the Killer Threes, led by Steven Jackson, and then they also have Frank Nitty on the team. So Frank Nitty's going to be going for a Big Three Championship. but even though I'm shouting out the head coach of the triplets, I'm going to be rooting for the killer threes uh, because of Frank Nitty solely. I'm such a big fan of his and his story. Uh, and then I'm also going to shout out big three MVP Joe Johnson because it was just reported a couple hours ago by Mark Spears of ESPN that he is currently uh, in Philadelphia and Joe Johnson is going to work out for the Sixers tomorrow. Uh, and he is also expected to work out for the Clippers, Bucks, and Nuggets. I'm assuming those workouts will be scheduled for after the Big Three Championship game on Sunday. Some good tryouts. Yeah. So I mean, we might see Joe Johnson back in the league. We're, I so Joe for sure. Are. So all right. With that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media. Be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. And we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Later.